Good morning, friends. You've tuned into Faith Communications of Erie Christian Fellowship Church. We're delighted that you joined us today. Our hope is that today's message will help you to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. As we listen to today's message, keep in mind that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Now let's go right into today's broadcast. Before we get started, isn't our team amazing? Let's give our team a hand. <clears throat> All right, before, uh, before we open in prayer, speaking of our team, uh, we wanted to let the congregation know that our beloved uh, Russ and Becky Chow and their beautiful family, uh, for actually quite some time, for many, many, many months, actually a long time, are planning to move to Williamsport, Pennsylvania. And they will, they will be greatly missed. We very much love them. They do an amazing job at leading our team. But they're going to be moving to Williamsport, Pennsylvania uh, in June. In June. And so we've been working kind of with the team and doing different things. But Russ has been studying to be uh, a teacher. He has been working hard. He's been doing multiple duties, multiple different jobs. Uh, and Becky's family is actually from that area. And they really have felt on their hearts that they need to get closer to their family. And so we love them. We are excited for them. We are not excited that you're leaving in any way, shape, or form. Uh, but we are excited for them uh, because it's just a season of their life that they have been in prayer about. And Russ is going to be a minister of the gospel during the day to those public students in Williamsport area. And uh, so I just wanted to let you guys know that from a church perspective, we are continuing to pray. What is next for our worship team? They do a phenomenal job, as you can even see this morning, when the man has laryngitis and, is, and can't do any of the singing. We've got an amazing worship team. So God is in control. I'm not nervous. Maybe I should be, but I'm not. So God is in control. He's going to take care of all things for us and continue. Their last Sunday is going to be either the end of May or early June, one of those Sundays, but we will let you know when that is. We will pray for them. We will gather around them and send them off properly. But I just wanted you guys to know that that is coming up uh, because if you have any questions for me or for them, you can always ask them, but we want to wish them the best for sure. That will be coming up in the next couple months. Okay, let us pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for who you are. We thank you, Father, that you are here with us. We thank you that your Holy Spirit is present. We thank you, Father, that as we celebrate Palm Sunday, as we celebrate and learn about your triumphant entry and what that means for us today, what that means for us as a church, that you will open our eyes, open our ears, and most importantly, open our hearts. Open our hearts this morning. We want you to have your way. We want you to do your will. Father, speak to each and every one of us. We thank you that you are good and you do good. We thank you that you are bold enough to send your son to die for our sins. We thank you for everything that you've done for us. We worship you. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, today is Palm Sunday. Now, we have some trees up here that are somewhat palm-ish looking. 
We grew up in a church, Liz and I grew up in a church where, I mean, Palm Sunday was a big deal. I mean, there was palms going on all over the place. There were kids waving palms. And I'm thinking, I'm not saying this prophetically, but potentially maybe next year we do a little something different for Palm Sunday. But how many were here last week and got to celebrate what we got to do with water baptism? Oh my goodness, praise God. It was an amazing, if you missed it, you, you, I mean, you can watch Facebook Live and try to catch it, but it will not do justice to what happened here, right here. And what happened here was we saw people move from death to life. We saw people get water baptized and make a public commitment to Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And it was just an amazing time, an amazing experience. And it was the first week of this series that we're calling Death to life. You see, Jesus, our risen King, gives us the ability to move from death to life. He gives us the power to move from death to life in every area of our life, in every area of our life, and most importantly, our spiritual nature. Our spiritual nature moving from an eternity spent in separation away from God for what Jesus did. Now we can spend an eternity with him in heaven forever. What an amazing and amazing thing that Jesus Christ did for us. And this week kicks off what we call Holy Week, what we call basically the week between the triumphant entry and Easter morning. And so much happened during that week. And I'm not going to cover all of it. I just want to talk briefly this morning about what happened on the triumphant entry. What happened on that Palm Sunday? What happened when Jesus, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, got on that donkey and came into town? What does that mean for us? What, what can we learn from that? And I want to talk about that for a couple minutes and then I want to show you the very first thing that Jesus did after his entry. It's going to, it's, it kind of blew my mind a little bit. Because I didn't realize, if you look at all the Gospels, what did Jesus do? Because this is like the beginning. So he came in, and it's exciting, and everyone's putting down the palm branches and throwing their, their cloaks down, and everything's happening. Everyone's so excited. What was the first thing then that he did? What did he do? How did he kick off Holy Week? And I'm going to tell you what he did. It's going to be exciting, okay? So Matthew 21. It's like a, this is like the great anticipation here. Everyone's getting ready. Matthew 21, starting in verse 1. It says, Now they drew near Jerusalem and came to Bethphage at the Mount of Olives, when Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village opposite you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Immediately. You see, we serve a God that is a prophetic God. He knows exactly what's going to happen, when it's going to happen. And he can lead us and guide us, give us direction, specific direction for our life. Now that Jesus is at the right hand of the Father, I'm fast-forwarding past Easter here. Sorry about that, not in the message here today. But we have the opportunity to have the Holy Spirit with us, to lead us, to guide us in everything that we do. And just as Jesus spoke to his disciples and said, go into the village opposite you and you'll find a donkey tied up 
we can hear that still small voice. We can hear that same voice that says, go here, do this, do that, go over here. We can hear that still small voice. We need to be obedient to what he has said to us. These disciples were obedient. They went, and what happened? Exactly as he said would happen, had occurred. Go into the village opposite you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a coat with her. Loose them and bring them to me. And if anyone says to you, you shall say, the Lord has need of them, and immediately he will send them. So the Lord's saying, hey, do something a little bit bold. He's not telling them to go steal anything. You're like, wait a second, sounds like they're going to steal some, something. No, no, no. He's told them to go in there, and he knew that the person was going to be there who owned it, and said, what are you doing? We need these for Jesus. We need these for our Lord. We need these for the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Immediately, he sent them. Verse 4. All this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, lowly and sitting on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. So the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them. They brought the donkey and the colt, laid their clothes on them, and set him on them. And a very great multitude, a great multitude, spread their clothes on the road. Others cut down branches, palm trees, and spread them on the road. Then the multitudes who went before, and, who's fought, and, and those who followed, cried out, saying, Hosanna, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when they had come into Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, Who is this? What's going on? Who is this? And so the multitude said, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth of Galilee. There's five things I want to talk to you about this morning about Palm Sunday that remind us that Christ is our King. Number one, victory is available. Victory is available. Church, I didn't hear a whole lot of amens yet. Victory is available. It is available to us because of Jesus Christ and what he did that was set in motion when he came to this earth and continued to be in motion when he got on that donkey and began to make his way into Jerusalem and throughout the entire Holy Week, it is set into motion the victory that he won on that cross for you and for me. Victory is available. God's words tells us that people cut palm trees and waved them in the air, laid them out on the ground because he rode into the city. The palm branch represents goodness and victory. Church, the palm branch represents goodness and victory. So if you're even thinking about, well, it's Palm Sunday, I can't celebrate yet. I'm waiting for Easter. No, 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 no. The palm trees laid down before him as he rode was goodness and victory. Goodness and victory, praise God, is available to us. It was symbolic as the final victory that he would soon fulfill over death. Death to life. Death to life. The second thing we notice here is that peace is available. Victory is available and peace is available. 
Palm Sunday shows us that peace is available. Why? Because Jesus chose to ride in on a donkey, which directly fulfilled the Old Testament prophecy that we talked about here in Zechariah. Zechariah. And in the Bible times, it was common for kings and important people to arrive on a procession riding a donkey because a donkey symbolized peace. It symbolizes peace. He is the author of peace. He is the Prince of Peace. He has peace available to each and every one of us in our lives, no matter what you're going through, no matter what you're struggling with, no matter the challenges that you have. Jesus is the King of Kings. He is the Prince of Peace. So just picture it for a minute. He's going into Jerusalem, goodness and victory and peace. Goodness and victory and peace. This is Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, about to go. But what he's showing us is goodness, victory, and peace is available. It says, O greatly, rejoice greatly, O, I don't have the scripture, O daughter of Zion, shout aloud, O daughter of Jerusalem, behold, your king is coming to you. Righteous and having salvation is he, humble and mounted on a donkey, and a colt, the foal of a donkey. He is coming with peace. The third thing is, is salvation is available. Salvation is available. You might be here this morning and say, I've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of my life. I've never asked him into my heart to be my Lord and Savior. I've never made that decision. I've heard about it. I, I, just, I know about it, but I've never actually decided Later on this morning, you will have an opportunity to make that decision. You will have an opportunity to make that decision because it's the absolute most important decision you will ever make in your life. It is the most important decision you will ever make in your life. And what preceded that, just like Easter Sunday, is the most important thing that's ever happened in history because Jesus Christ defeated the grave. You waking up this morning and coming to church was the path that you are walking on to make a decision for Jesus Christ today. This is an opportunity that you have. Do not leave here this morning. Do not leave here this morning without knowing that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. What he did, what he came for, to bring joy and peace and goodness and victory, but salvation. He came to bring salvation what does salvation mean? It means you get to spend eternity in heaven with him worshiping. If you had even a little bit of fun this morning, a little bit of fun dancing, what we're going to be able to do in heaven is going to be, oh my goodness, so much more than what we did here this morning. Forever, it's going to be beautiful. It's going to be amazing. We are, it is going to be a time of excitement, of joy, of celebrating, of worshiping. Wait a second, forever? I can't even wrap my scientist, I rose my hand for the, I was just one of the science guys, like loved chemistry. What is wrong with you? I don't know. I loved chem, anybody love chemistry? Okay, all right, I'm not the only one. Okay, but salvation is available. 
We get to worship him in heaven forever. I don't understand the time for, I don't get what eternity is, but we have this opportunity to be with him for eternity. The Bible says that today is the day of salvation. And Jesus riding across those palm trees on that donkey, entering into this Holy Week is a reminder for us to say, I need to make a decision. I need to decide who was this Jesus Christ? Is he my king of kings? Is he my Lord of lords? Or am I going to say, no, he was crazy? You have to make that decision in your life. You don't know how much longer you have to live. You are not promised for all the time. You don't know. We, none of us really know. There are promises that we can stand on for health, for healing, for wholeness, 120 years, all these things. Because you know what? God has said we can live a healthy, wonderful, victorious life. And I expect to do that, and I want to do that, and I speak that over every part of my life. But I'm telling you what, nobody knows the exact day, the exact time, the exact hour. And you have to make a decision. You have to make a decision. Who is this Jesus? Who is this Jesus? You see, when the people shouted, Hosanna, they were hailing Christ as king. What that word actually means is save now. One of the translations is save now. Imagine the scene. All these multitudes, it said multitudes were singing, Hosanna, Hosanna, save now. They knew who Jesus was. They knew who he was. Save now. Salvation is available. The fourth thing that we can see and realize here is that the world needs Jesus. The world needs Jesus. Because what happens here is this very same group of people, not all of them, but the very same group of people who are just yelling, save now, Hosanna, awesome is this guy, Jesus, we love him, palm branches, my putting my jacket down, this is amazing, are some of the same people who then betrayed him. The same people who then betrayed him. The world needs what Jesus has done for them. And what did Jesus do? He knew it and he wept. It says he wept. In the midst of the praise, the moment of praise, Jesus knew in his heart that it wouldn't be long that these same people would turn their backs on him, betray him, and crucify him. It broke his heart. And in the, in the version of Palm Sunday here in Luke, it says, as he approached Jerusalem, he saw the city and he wept over it. He wept over it and said, if you, even you, had only known on this day but would bring you peace, but now it is hidden from your eyes. The last thing that we need to understand about Palm Sunday is he brings victory, he's bringing peace, he's bringing salvation. The entire world needs Jesus and what he did. Man, just open up the news and you can see the world needs Jesus. Palm Sunday reminds us, number five, that the reign of Christ is far greater, is far greater than any mind of man could ever conceive or plan. Jesus coming in on Palm Sunday reminds us that his plan for our life, his plan for salvation is far greater, far bigger than we could ever ask or imagine. 
That scripture in Ephesians just resonates with me. It happened to us this week over and over and over and over again. His faithfulness, his goodness is immeasurably more than we could ask or imagine. Immeasurably more than we could ask or imagine. He is so good to us. He is so good to us. So I want to pick up in verse 12. I left off in verse 11. I want to pick up in verse 12 because... So now he comes into town, and everyone's super excited, and everyone's singing, save now, Hosanna, palm trees, this is great. What does Jesus do? How does he kick off this Holy Week? And I started looking at all the different Gospels and say, you know, well, the four of them, you know, the, the Gospels, and what does it mean, and what did he do, and what are some of the timeline of events? So here's what he does. In verse 12, then Jesus went into the temple. He went into the temple of God and drove out all those who bought and sold in the temple. And he overturned tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold doves. Oh, my goodness. What? All this fanfare, all this great stuff. And he comes in and he says, whoa, this is my house. This, this has to go. This does not belong here. This has to go. If I am going to be king of king and lord of lords, the stuff in your life, the sin in your life has to be removed. Has to be removed and only he can remove it. And only he can remove it when we say, Jesus, I make you my lord and savior. I decided to follow him. That is what we have to do to remove it. He comes into the temple and blows the place up. He's flipping tables. Welcome to Holy Week, everybody. Let's start flipping tables. He is so passionate about what's going to happen. He understands the importance of the events, the week that is happening. And he's just like, no, my house cannot have sin in it. My righteous place, my, the, the house that I am going to die for, the church of Jesus Christ, this church cannot have it in here anymore. It must go. Just the same way we as a person have to say, sin, you must be removed from my life. It must go. It has to go. I can no longer continue to do what I'm doing. It has to go. Has to go. This is the first thing he does. Are you kidding me? We have to remove sin from our life. He came in and busted up the shop. He is flipping tables. I mean, whoa. Whoa. We think, Jesus, he just got done riding on a donkey. Here comes peace. Here comes peace. Save now. Whoa, what's going on in my house? And he starts flipping tables over. Get out. I'm bringing peace to this place. I'm bringing salvation to this place. I'm bringing victory to this place. And everything else has to go. That's just what he's telling us. Welcome to Holy Week. Exciting stuff. And I believe what the Lord really wants us to know this morning is something that he put on my heart on Wednesday night. Again, it wasn't something I had planned to say, but I want to make sure everyone here hears it from what happened on Wednesday night. Is he wants to remove the sin in our lives, and he's really pressing on me that the words that we say that are not of him, the words that we say that are not his words and his promises in our life are sin in our life. You guys can state what is fact. You can state, say, you know what? My leg is broken. Okay, your leg is broken. 
But you cannot begin to say that, well, my leg's never going to heal. It's never going to get any better. I'm going to walk with a limp for the rest of my life. I guess I'm going to need a cane. I guess I'm going to need a wheelchair. No, 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 no. That is not in the word of God. That is not the promises of the word of God. And what the Lord began to speak to me on is the words that we speak, the words that we say are laying the path in which we are about to walk on. The words that we are coming out of our mouth, when we speak, where we go? We speak forward. We speak forward. We're speaking either life or we're speaking death. And when we're speaking forward, we're creating a path. And the path that we are about to start walking on is going to be paved with the words that we just said one step back. One step back is the step that we are now taking next on our path. And so our words are paving the path that we are about to walk on. And I believe what Jesus is saying when he is removing stuff out of the temple that is not of him. We need to watch what's coming out of our temple which is of him. He gave us this temple. The words that we say as we are walking, we need to begin to build the foundation, the path of God's word, God's promises in our life. What does he say about this situation? I heard a, a preacher say, I don't know if it was Jim Symbol or whatever, he said, you know, he was talking about being, he was, a, he was a basketball player, and he was in a basketball game, and they were losing. And if you look up at the scoreboard, they were losing. Well, nobody would say, well, Praise God, we're not actually losing. You know, we're actually winning. And be like, no, you're not. You're losing. This, look at the score. But it's what do you do that you are losing? What is the next step that you take? What's the next word that comes out of your mouth that says, you know what? You know what? We are not going to lose because of what Jesus did. He has been victorious in my life. And we can walk in victory. Does it mean you're going to win every basketball game? No, I'm not talking about that. But you can win this life. You can win a victorious life by the words that we say and the power of Jesus Christ in our life. It is available to us. You are paving the path. You are paving the path. And I believe that's what Jesus did when he came in. He said, this has to go. Our negative words has to go. It's got to get out of the house. It's got to get out of the house. It must leave. And so the next verse says, what do we replace it with? And he said to them, it is written, my house shall be called a house of prayer. What do we replace it with? Prayer. God's word, reminding him of who he is and what he's done and his promises. Prayer, it works. I'll tell you example after example after example in our personal life, God has been so faithful to answer prayers. He has answered some of, two probably of the, some of the biggest prayers that we thought were seemingly impossible over the past like 10 days. God answers prayers. Church, he says that his house will be called a house of prayer. When we pray, when we replace the words of the enemy, when we replace the words of negative confessions, and we begin to replace them with the word of God in our life, and we begin to pray and say, Heavenly Father, You make the path. You make the way. You help me with this. You are the God that can make all things possible. With you I will walk. With you I seek. With my whole heart and everything that I am, you begin to pave a new path. You begin to pave a new path. Example after example of God's faithfulness. It's what I felt this morning while we were worshiping. 
He wanted to remind everybody here of his faithfulness. Something specific he has done for you in your life. And he wants to remind you of it again. Okay, so Jesus comes in. This is great. Everyone's happy. Then everyone's sad because he's flipping the tables over. And he's saying, get this junk out of here. My house will be called a house of prayer. And what's the very next thing that happens? And I love the Bible. I love the Bible because the very first word in verse 14 says, then. Then. Okay, now that we got rid of the stuff and we begin to change our confession, we begin to say, I am going to count on God for this situation. I am going to ask him to take care of it. No longer in my own strength, in my own power, in my own will. Then the Bible says, then. Then the blind and the lame came to him in the temple and he healed them. And he healed them. Church, do you realize he kicks off Holy Week, all peaceful, and then he gets a little excited, and what happens? Because he wants people healed. He wants people to know who he is. He wants people to make a decision for him. He wants salvation to be a choice and a decision that you make today. And he wants you healed today. He wants the stuff out of your life. He wants you to be healed today. This is how he kicks off Holy Week. Now, this is exciting. Now, we got to remove this stuff out of our life. That's not so exciting. That's a difficult thing to do. But what Jesus is telling us is when we remove the stuff and we ask him, we remove the stuff and we ask him and we change what we're saying, he heals. Church, no, he heals. I am telling you, he wants to heal this morning. We are kicking off Holy Week. I want to kick off Holy Week the same way that Jesus kicked off Holy Week. And I want to pray for you this morning. I want to pray that whatever is blocking your healing, whatever is in your life that needs to be removed, that it's removed. And I want you to begin praying about the promises of God. And I'm telling you, church, God wants to see you healed. It's exactly, you know, Jesus Christ is the same today, yesterday, and forever. So if it was yesterday, Palm Sunday, and today is today, what's different? There's nothing different. He's still our healing God. He's still our Lord and Savior. We still have the opportunity this morning to see his miraculous healing power manifest in our lives. So church, are you ready? Are you ready? ready? All right, church. So everybody bow your heads with me this morning. Oh, thank you, Lord. Russ, you want to? Oh, you're already coming back up. Thank you. Oh, Heavenly Father. Have your way in this place this morning. Oh, have your way. Lord, your word reminds us this morning that you are the king of peace. You are the king of joy. You are the king of salvation. You want more than anything for stuff to be removed from our life. Sin to be removed from our life. And the very first step to removing that sin is what your word says, that we confess with our mouth 
that Jesus Christ is Lord. That's all we have to do. We have to believe in our hearts and confess with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. And every sin, every failure, every place that we fell short is washed away. Is completely washed away. I said earlier, you're going to have an opportunity to make a choice this morning. If you're sitting here and you've said, I have never made that choice. I have never decided to take this Jesus and make him my Lord and to make him my Savior, to confess that I am a sinner and that I need his saving grace. I need what he did on that cross. I need what he did on that Easter Sunday when he defeated death. If that's you, slip your hand up this morning. Saying, I need to make a decision for Jesus this morning. Anybody at all? Today is the day of salvation. Do not leave here without being certain of what God has. Anybody at all? Put your hand up high so I can see it. Okay. The second thing the Lord wants to do this morning is He wants to show Himself faithful to be a healing God. The very first thing Jesus did after He removed the sin and said we need to pray is He healed those who were blind. He changed lives radically. If you need healing in your body this morning, I want you to stand up right where you are. Come on, be bold. Healing in your body. Stand up right where you are. Oh my goodness. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I'm going to ask you to take one more bold step. If that's you this morning and you're standing, I just want you to come up here. We want to lay hands on you really quickly and be in agreement with you. Be in agreement with you that we serve a healing God. The Bible says, Then the blind and the lame came to the temple and he healed them. Come on, if you need healing, come up here. Praise God. Praise God. Praise your name. Praise your name. Hallelujah. Worship Him. Worship Him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. 
Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise the Lord. Come on, church. Church, we get to kick off Holy Week the same way that Jesus kicked off Holy Week. We are going to worship Him. There are testimonies coming from this. He is so good. He is so faithful. I'm going to encourage you this week with one scripture I want you to read every single day. Now you got two things to do. Now you got to worship every time you drive by a bank. And I want you to read Psalm 103, verse 1 through 5. Psalm 103, verses 1 through 5, every day this week. It is going to prepare you for Easter Sunday, but even more so, it is going to strengthen you each and every day this week. And it goes like this. It says, Bless the Lord, O my soul. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Every day, we're going to forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all our iniquities. This is what he did on Easter, guys. This is what we're leading up to. He has forgiven all our iniquities. He heals all our diseases who redeems your life from destruction. He is redeeming our lives from destruction. Who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. Who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. Praise the Lord. Father, we worship you. We thank you for this wonderful morning. We thank you that you are a healing God. You are victorious, God, that you came as a God of peace and of joy and everything that we need for this life. We thank you, Father, as we begin to get ourselves excited about Sunday for Easter Sunday. Lord, you are going to have us excited each and every day this week. Father, we are going to worship you all week with everything that we have, with everything that we are. Strengthen us, Father. Remind us through your Holy Spirit each and every day to turn our complete focus on you. And Father, remind us of Psalm 103 every morning. Let us not wake up and forget to read Psalm 103. We're preparing the way for you. We submit our lives to you. We thank you for it. In Jesus' precious name, amen. 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 Hallelujah. You guys are dismissed. We'll see you on Wednesday. Thank you for being a part of today's Faith Communications broadcast of Erie Christian Fellowship Church. If you do not currently have a church home, you are invited to join us on Sunday mornings at 10 o'clock. Erie Christian Fellowship is located at 5900 Saratania Road, directly across from the Walnut Creek Middle School. You'll find us on the web at www.ecfchurch.org where you may sign up to receive our monthly faith communications newsletter. Again, thanks for joining us today. And always remember 2 Corinthians 5-7 that declares, For we walk by faith, not by sight.